Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for August 12th, 2021. I'm glad that you are with me today. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The Lord's unfailing love and mercy never cease, fresh as the morning and sure as the sunrise. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. God of all glory, we give you thanks that through the gift of baptism we have been crucified with Christ and united with him in resurrection. By the power of your Holy Spirit, let our lives proclaim the good news that we are dead to sin and alive to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 97 and 147, verses 12 through 20, 2 Samuel 15, 1 through 18, Acts 21, 27 through 36, and Mark 10, 32 through 45. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 97. The Lord is king, let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around God. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Fire goes before God and consumes God's adversaries on every side. God's lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim God's righteousness, and all the peoples behold God's glory. All worshippers of images are put to shame. Those who make their boast in worthless idols, all gods bow down before God. Zion hears and is glad, and the towns of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O God. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. The Lord loves those who hate evil. God guards the lives of God's faithful. God rescues them from the hand of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous, and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to God's holy name. Morning, uh, morning Psalm 147, 12 through 20. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for God strengthens the bars of your gates. God blesses your children within you. God grants peace within your borders. God fills you with the finest of wheat. God sends out God's command to the earth. God's word runs swiftly. God gives snow like wool. God scatters frost like ashes. God hurls down hail like crumbs. Who can stand before God's cold? God sends out God's word and melts them. God makes his wind blow and the waters flow. God declares God's word to Jacob, God's statutes and ordinances to Israel. God has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know God's ordinances. Praise the Lord. From 2 Samuel 15, 1-18. After this, Absalom got himself a chariot and horses and fifty men to run ahead of him. Absalom used to rise early and stand beside the road in the gate, and when anyone brought a suit before the king for judgment, Absalom would call out and say, From what city are you? 
when the person said, your servant is of such and such a tribe in Israel, Absalom would say, see, your claims are good and right, but there is no one deputed by the king to deputed by the king to hear you. Absalom said, moreover, if only I were judged in the land, then all who had a suit or case might come to me, and I would give them justice. Whenever people came near to do obeisance to him, he would put out his hand and take hold of them and kiss them. Thus Absalom did to every Israelite who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the people of Israel. At the end of four years, Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron and pay the vow that I have made to the Lord, for your servant made a vow while I lived in Geshur and Aram. If the Lord will indeed bring me back to Jerusalem, then I will worship the Lord in Hebron. The king said to him, Go in peace. So he got up and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent secret messengers throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then shout, Absalom has become king at Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem went with Absalom. They were invited guests, and they went in their innocence, knowing nothing of the matter. While Absalom was offering the sacrifice, he sent for Ahithraphel the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city Gilo. The conspiracy grew in strength, and the people with Absalom kept increasing. A messenger came to David, saying, The hearts of the Israelites have gone after Absalom. Then David said to all his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, Get up, let us flee, for there will be no escape for us from Absalom. Hurry, or he will soon overtake us and bring disaster down upon us and attack the city with the edge of the sword. The king's officials said to the king, Your servants are ready to do whatever our lord the king decides. So the king left, followed by all his household, except ten concubines whom he left behind to look after the house. The king left, followed by all the people, and they stopped at that last house. All his officials passed by him. And all the Cherethites, and all the Pelethites, and all the six hundred Gittites who had followed him from Gath, passed on before the king. Acts 21, 27-36 When the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia, who had seen him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd. They seized him, this is Paul, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against our people, our law, and this place. More than that, He has actually brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the city, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. Then all the city was aroused and the people rushed together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. While they were trying to kill him, word came to the tribune of the cohort that all of Jerusalem was in an uproar. Immediately. He took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. When they saw the tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the tribune came, arrested him, and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He inquired who he was and what he had done. Some of the crowd shouted one thing and some another, and as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. 
When Paul came to the steps, the violence of the mob was so great that he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that kept following sh- kept followed the crowd that followed kept shouting, "Away with him!" And from Mark 10:32 through 45. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed. And those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. And then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days he will rise again. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers, lord it over them. And their great ones are tyrants over them, but it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, we have, uh, continuing on with David Absalom, who has now been in Jerusalem for a couple of years, has um, started to sort of gain popularity. Not only he is incredibly good looking, and that is not something to be discounted, um, looks have something to do. Just look at, uh, you know, presidential politics or politics in general. Um, it tends to be that folks who look nicer or nicer to look at tend to have more popularity. There's, there's that that has something to do with it. He's also specifically undermining David's authority. So he sets up outside of the city and he, um, he calls to people as they're coming to see the king. And he says, well, there's nobody here to judge your case. But you know what? If I was in charge, then I would definitely hear about your case and I would give you justice and make sure that you had everything. So he really is gaining support from just the basic people. Um, David seems to be fairly distant. This is, you know, we saw this in the story with Bathsheba 
where he was um, supposed to be out at war as all the other kings were, but he was just kind of home doing his own thing. It's believable, at least, that David is not hearing cases at this point, and there aren't judges to that are appointed. And so, yeah, if Absalom was in charge, it probably would be better. And then Absalom goes to Hebron. Why is that significant? Because that was the previous capital. That was Saul's capital city. So Absalom goes to the capital city of Hebron and has all of the elders and everyone kind of all at once say, Absalom is king in Hebron. David sees this, sees all that has happened, and he leaves. He takes off. He says, nope, it's, it's not worth it. He just runs away. Um, and he takes most of his household with him. He takes the people who are faithful to him, and they go off back into the wilderness again, right? Just like when he was being chased by Saul, he goes back into the, into the wilderness. Um, he goes to his old hideouts. Who knows what's really going on here for David? Perhaps this is PTSD where he's put in this situation again. Uh, perhaps he, I, we don't know. We have no idea what's going on here, um, but he leaves. He takes off. He knows that there's not much that he can do about this situation. He's allowed it to fester this far. Um, he knows to a certain extent because of the, the word of Nathan that the sword does, is not going to leave his household. He knows to a certain extent he has brought all of this upon himself. Um, remember, this is, you know, the, this immediate thing with Absalom is because of the rape of Tamar by um, Amnon. Absalom killed Amnon and then was, was banished for a while. The, the rape of Tamar, to a certain extent, came, I think, from the, the infidelity with, with Bathsheba and the rape of Bathsheba that David did. Um, and then the killing of her husband. So he is really perpetuating this, this, all of these things, and he's seeing all of these same things in his, in his household, right? Um, he, to a certain extent, did this exact same thing to Saul. He was serving as king. He was going out in, in wars and all these sorts of things, gaining this nor notoriety while Saul was still king. Um, and that's what Saul was panicked about. So maybe what David is doing here is he does not want to go after Absalom as Saul did after him. And so instead he gives up. There you go. That's, that's where we are with that story. Then we have in Acts Paul gets to, um, is in Jerusalem. He has undertaken an oath, and in fact, it's the last day of that oath. Remember, the whole idea here is to prove to everybody that he is a faithful Jewish man. He follows the law. He follows the, the practices and the religion. Um, he is not telling other Jewish people not to follow the law. Well, there are some Jews from Asia, and they see him. They recognize him. They know who he is. And they say, hey, everybody, it's this guy who's telling everybody not to follow Moses, not, you know, speaking against the law, speaking against this place, the temple. And in fact, he even brought a Gentile into the temple itself. Now, according to, to Acts, Paul did not do that. It's hearsay. 
they just assumed that he had because he was hanging out with a Gentile, a man from Ephesus. Um, and so a mob starts up and it is raucous. It is so crazy that the centurion guards come in and arrest Paul because literally they're saving his life at this point because this mob is so out of control. He tries to understand who it is and, and people are just so riled up. They don't even know who this is that they're mobbing against. So he goes and arrests him and takes him back to the, um, back to the barracks. And that's where we uh, sort of end this story. This is all not looking real great. And we remember that there was some serious foreshadowing that bad things would happen when Paul went to Jerusalem. Well, it looks like those things are happening. Then Jesus is also on his way to Jerusalem um, and reminds his disciples once again, this is where this is all going. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed. He's going to be beaten and whipped and killed. And on the third day, he will rise again. And they just don't get it. In fact, James and John come to Jesus and say, we have something to ask from you. And he says, okay, what is, what is it? When you are glorified, we want to sit on your right and your left hand. Now, we hear that as Christians. We go, okay, they're talking about a kingdom of heaven. They're not. They're talking about an earthly kingdom. They are assuming, again, that Jesus, as Messiah, as the anointed one, is going to Jerusalem. And the only reason he's going to Jerusalem is to go like that victorious warrior, like Absalom. He's going to come and claim the throne. He has the people on his side. He's able to just come in and say, Jesus is king in Jerusalem, right? Um, that's what they think he's going to do. So they are asking, can we be at your most favored places? There'll be your throne, and then there'll be James and John at your right and left, right? We want to be those dignitaries. We, we think we're really up to it. And he says, you have no idea what you're asking for. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we have, we, we can do it. We can handle it. He says, no, you, you don't. You have no idea what I am going to go do. You don't have no idea the cup that we're, I'm going to drink. You have no idea the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with. You are going to have those things, but who sits on my right and left, that's not for me to decide. They just don't understand. Again, he says, the greatest among you are going to be the servant. The rest of the ten, they hear that, that James and John were trying to get the, um, the best spots, um, the places of power, and they're angry at them. And Jesus says, no, it's not about that. It's not about other leaders who lord their leadership, their power over others, use it to, to get their way. That's not how we're doing this. The greatest among you must be a servant. It's a reminder for us who, in a world that is really ordered around power um, and the gaining of power, it's easy to be caught up in that, to get the prestige, to get the power, to get the voice, to get the authority, to get the whatever, right? Um, our call is to be servants of one another. Our call is to provide for and care for one another, not to lord over one another, 
and be higher than and get to tell people what to do. That's not the goal of, of life. That's not the goal of what we're supposed to be doing. So those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. We lift our voices in prayer and praise, holy God, for you have lifted us to new life in Jesus Christ, and your blessings come in generous measure. Especially we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ for all. The wonder and beauty of creation. The love of family and friends. Opportunities for faithful service. Particular blessings of this day. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks for all of our leaders. We pray that you would give them wisdom. Give them courage. And we will try really hard not to pray those things ironically. Lord, be with those in positions of power, that they would be servants. Help them seek the good, our good. Seek your glory over their glory. Really try not to pray that ironically, but in earnest. We hold up before you human needs, God of compassion, for you have come to us in Jesus Christ and shared our life so that we may share his resurrection. Especially we pray for the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Peace and justice in the world. Those in whom we see Christ's suffering. Those who offer Christ's compassion. Particular concerns of this day. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Charlie, a friend of Bill's who's having family struggles. For Buddy and the other residents at the suites. A uh, staff person tested positive, and the residents are fine, but they had to lock down the facility. We pray for Pam, a friend of Bill's who's been transferred to a skilled nursing unit. For Ernie, who's recovering from knee replacement surgery. 
an online prayer request for Rebecca, as well as an online prayer request for Mina. For all those many who are on our hearts and our minds, we pray that you would do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Eternal God, our beginning and our end, be our starting point and our haven, and accompany us in this day's journey. Use our hands to do your creation, and use our lives to bring others the new life you give this world in Jesus Christ, Redeemer of all. Amen. Now let us continue using, uh, praying using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for Daily Prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button. I say that all the time, but honestly, if you would like these videos, um, just click the like button um, and share them. That really, really, really helps. Just get the word out and, and it really helps with a lot of stuff. So please do that. Go to our website, johncalvinchurch.org for more information. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA, 2018 edition, and our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed day. I'll see you next time. Bye.